0: Thank mm-hmm. you.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Sport of Kings podcast. On this pod, we discuss the late pick five at Belmont on Saturday, May 27th, 2023. This is show number 227, May 26th, 2023. I'm Scott Carson, founder of Sport of Kings, and I'm joined by my co-host, Hall of Fame handicapper, Chris Larmy. Chris, any plans for this Memorial Day weekend?
2: Uh, Not traveling. I usually try to avoid traveling on Memorial Day weekend. Um, If I want to go to the mountains or the ocean or something, I'll go on any other weekend when not everybody else is there. Um, But we'll have a family barbecue. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to that for sure.
1: I am. I'm going right into the belly of the beast at like 11 o'clock tomorrow. I'm driving down to the Jersey Shore. It's going to be a quagmire. I'm spending the weekend with my girlfriend's parents.
2: Yeah, that's not for me. For that very reason. <laughs> well, the traffic
1: part of it is going to be horrible, but but then then the two days there is going to be amazing because the weather's going to be really good.
2: Yeah, I mean, and, and it's who you're with, but um, it's just uh you know going to a a, a place like the shore or the mountains or anywhere um, on, you know, these summer holidays, just unless you like crowds, <laughs> if you're doing it to get away from the crowds, it's definitely not the way to go.
1: Oh, I, I, I absolutely hate traffic. And on Labor Day weekend, I'm going to visit my parents in Cape Cod. <laughs> and
2: you're just, a just a glutton.
1: So I'm a glutton for punishment this year.
2: But at least you'll have great company, and that'll make up for any of the inconvenience in getting there.
1: I will have great company, family, and girlfriend, and um, it should, uh, should be good. Play in the Sport of Kings NHC qualifiers starting every month. Each month, the top 50 players who are NHC Tour members advance to round two, which is Breeders' Cup weekend. In that final, 450 players will duke it out, playing all 14 Breeders' Cup races. Two people will win a seat to the NHC, and the top 100 will get tour points. Join the NHC Tour before any monthly round one begins. If you join the tour, you could win up to 20 seats to the NHC in free contests. For only 50 bucks, it's the best deal in racing. If you sign up for the tour, use promo code Kings so we get credit. If you haven't signed up for our free contest with free DRFPPs, Go to sportofkings.net right now. Thank you and good luck. And we have a special returning guest. He's qualified to the NHC 11 times. He won the Players Challenge in South Dakota in 2015. He's Joe Corey. Joe, welcome back. Thanks,
0: uh, Scott. Good to be with you. Chris, good to be with you.
1: Joe, uh, it's been a while since you've been on the show. It's uh you were last on in January 2022, so it's been about a year and a half. And uh I was just wondering how's your handicapping going lately?
0: Well, you know, it's um I, I, every time I feel like i figured things out, you know, then I I realize I didn't. Um, you know, so it's right now I right now I'm in a little bit of a downturn. Um uh, you know in terms of uh, although i haven't really been playing uh cash that much i've been playing more in in just the online tournaments but um uh, i still watch every day you know and and check results etc and um you know i'm not really missing much um at this point so uh anyway i i was anxious to uh, get on with you guys and handicap this uh, pick 5 for for tomorrow, and although the fields are shorter, there's some interesting stuff in here, so I'm anxious to talk about it and hear what you guys think.
1: I I'm really looking forward. I I have a few horses in every race um, that I'm interested in, and I'm I'm interested in hearing what you which ones you guys like because it'll help me make my final decision. Chris, do you have any questions for Joe?
2: No, let's jump right into it.
1: Okay, let's do it. We're uh, doing the late pick five from Belmont on Saturday, the twenty seventh. Starts with the sixth race, which is an allowance optional claimer, <clears throat> uh, seven furlongs on dirt. Purse of a hundred thousand for three year olds and up. And Joe, as our guest, so we'd love to have you get started.
0: All right. Well, you know what I find very interesting about this race is, uh, you know, and when I first looked at the races, uh, they didn't have the uh, program numbers or the odds in, so I wasn't sure where uh, David would put Vittorio in here. This this is a horse I actually know from when he ran in his um, third career start. He ran against two Bafferts, Triple Tap and Sumo, who were dominant favorites in the race, and I, I kind of came up with this horse as a possible uh, speed play. And he ran pretty well. I mean, he got tired late. He was 18 to one. He ended up fourth beating six. But, you know, when I saw him show back up in here, um, you know, and, and then I looked through his PPs. I mean, this horse has just run against so much better horses than the rest of the horses in this field. Um, you know, I, I I ended up defaulting to him as the most likely winner in the race. Um, and I don't really, um, I don't really have another opinion that I think is stronger than him. Um, and I hate to start off the sequence with, with the horse who lays over the field on buyer numbers and, you know, his far graphs, they fit, they're not, they're not better than some of them, but, um, you know, I think just on class alone, and I, I kind of like the cut back here. I think he's probably, uh. He might have a little bit more kick in the lane uh, sprinting, so I, I landed on the three Vittorio in here.
2: Scott must be on mute. He, he got started on the mute button early today. <laughs>
1: thank, <laughs> thank you for commenting before I went on for too long into the void. <laughs> I was saying that. Vittorio has a win at six furlongs. He has a win going two turns at a mile. This is sort of no man's land for him, but we have to assume he will be able to get the distance. Chris, what are you thinking?
2: Well, I think Joe summed up Vittorio pretty good. I do think he's sort of the default favorite, and from a class standpoint, people are going to gravitate in that direction. Um, but I also I I don't think he really lays over the field in terms of the numbers and uh you know i to me he could win but he's the kind of horse i'm not afraid to try to beat now at eight to five or nine to five uh this race is probably unplayable but if they bet him down lower than that and you can maybe get a price on a couple of the other contenders it, it that's when it gets a little more interesting so i'm gonna kind of assume that for the pod there were two horses i was looking at um i'm gonna trust david aragona's morning line and uh go with the two happy farm as my pod pick uh he got really good last summer and ran several races that would be good enough to win in here he kind of tailed off a bit at the end of the year it looked to me like he was coming back around in his last couple and he has a little angle that i like a lot to use and I'll, i'll share that one with the listeners so they can um, maybe take advantage of that here, but also in the future. And that is uh, when a horse, its last race was on a surface that's not its preferred surface. It could be an off-track, it could be a turf horse on the dirt or a dirt horse on turf or whatever. And it's been on that surface several times in the recent past, um, the surface it doesn't prefer. And the most recent time it was on there, it runs its best you know, figure ever. Our best figure, at least in recent, um, over the last few times, then to me, that's a really good play, because normally it's not going to be coming off a winning effort because it was on a, a surface that's not its best. But it shows it's really coming into top form because it ran, you know, its best ever on that surface. It just happens to be not the one that it does its best running on. So Happy Farm kind of fits that. His last on the sloppy track was... The best it's ran in the last few starts on the sloppy track or muddy track. And in all those prior two starts, it ran very well next time out um, on a fast track. So I'm thinking Happy Farm might be ready to run back to those big races in the summer, which would certainly give it a chance to win. There's not a lot of pace on in here. And... um, I think he has enough speed to at least lay kind of close and uh, I think he's going to run a big race. You know, the other thing about that last race on the, on the sloppy track that he was in, you know, he was kind of fairly far back in a really, really slow pace um, against some pretty good horses like Sheriff Bianca. So I kind of like happy farm. If you can get nine to two, I think that's pretty good. He might, if he floats up above that, I think that, you know, he might be playable. It kind of depends on how they bet the race, um, but. I'm going to go with Happy Farm. Uh, there's another horse I like another couple of contenders, but I'm I'll see what Scott likes and. I can talk about that one if it comes back around.
1: OK, well, you, you two uh, picked my two horses. Um, I did pick Vittorio on top. He ran huge in his five year old debut running second to charge it since so then he's run two slower races but now he cuts back and comes off a nice 47 2 workout the four months since his best number should set him up to return to that figure. And I think he wins if he runs that figure. Uh, He also has the best time form U S late pace rating and um, happy farm. I I like happy farm and I like that angle. Um, Basically I didn't, I didn't notice the angle as far as you know his best number on the slot, but I did notice that he's only one for seven on a wet track. So, um, you know, the fact that he still ran pretty well and he's got back numbers, I think he could be dangerous here. It's interesting, the, the time form U.S. late pace number for Happy Farm is much lower than um, Vittorio's, and yet they – then their last three races, they have similar late pace numbers, and you know they're 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 very different in their late pace projected number. So I asked Craig Milkowski about it, and he said that the late pace numbers for Vittorio, because they were routing, are worth a lot more than the early pace num- the late pace numbers of Happy Farm, because they were sprinting. So. Um, the, the deeper I get into time form U.S. pace numbers, the more I like them. So I thought I would share that. Um, so that was sort of the deciding factor for me. But if Happy Farm does get an easy lead, he's, he, he's likely to also um, be able to put up a, a good late pace number sprinting, and uh, and he'll be tough. So but those, those are the two that I will use in this pick five.
2: Joe, anything else you want to add? Yeah, I mean,
0: Happy Farm was the other horse I selected as well. You know, I thought I remembered this horse, and this was a horse Jason Service claimed, I think for like 30000 or 40000 and then somehow gets him to win a grade three. And, you know, I looked back, and he was, um, I think he was like uh, five wins in two seconds or something with Jason Service. And, you know, it's just, you know, and, and so you know, this is a horse that, you know, he's won some good races in in his career, but it was mostly through, through then. Now he's put up 90 buyers, you know, since then, of course. Uh, but he he just, it, it just seems to me he needs everything to go perfectly right for him to win a race. And, um, you know, and, and like you said, I mean, that, that was a speed favor. And I, I had that speed favor on April 23rd. And those are good enough horses. You know, those horses all run against each other every time. And, and um, you know, so I think he was up against the track there. The horse I was interested um, to know what you guys thought of was, I, I didn't know what to do with Colonel Bowman. Because Jacobson does the same thing, you know, a lot of times through the years, uh, you know, turning claimers into... Um, how you electronics, you know, and, and uh, I mean, <laughs> not, a, not
1: only won- that, he, he, he's doing the Jason service, slow workout routine with uh, 52 second halves.
0: Yeah. I mean, and this is a horse who's won five races and out of six starts, you know, and he's clearly taken it to another level. He's running against nothing, uh, you know, comparatively, but, but I mean, it's, it's hard to fault that form. Uh, that this horse is in, and the connections uh, here. So, I, you know, I, I was like, oh, I'm tossing him, I'm going to, you know, but I, I didn't know what, how did you guys feel about that
2: horse in this spot? <clears throat> I'm well, I like am about... worried a lot. Yeah, because but I think he's going to get bet. I mean, he's part of an entry, so that kills the price. it has got IRAD riding, that kills the price. You'd think from a class standpoint, people might not like him, but I mean, they know Jacobson. I mean, the horse he reminds me of, Colonel Bowman reminds me of Stallwalking Dude. I mean, he just gets yeah. his horses good and then he just runs them every few weeks and they pound out one good race after another. I mean, they, he's done this is his MO, Dirt Sprinters. And he gets a hold of this one and he just gets better with every start. And yeah, I I think, you know, I, I'm I think he's very dangerous in here. It's just I think he's gonna get bet. That's what I don't like about Vittorio. To me, those two are the ones where the money's going to go. That's why I think Happy Farm, yeah, I you know he's not with Jason Service anymore, but last summer, the races he was running are certainly good enough to win this. I'm not talking about going back winning Jason Service days. I'm just talking about going back six months to
1: mm-hmm. those races
2: mm-hmm. at Saratoga and Aqueduct. So it's not like he's got to reach back to some Jason Service big effort to win this. He's just got to run what he's been doing for Michele. Um And I like I said, that best race in the slop he's run in a long time to me says he's in he's rounding into top form and and he could reproduce that summer effort from last year and if he's going to be four or five to one and vittorio's four to five you know for me it's a no-brainer in terms of who you're going to play if you're going to bet well i'm not uh, saying uh, he's more likely to win
1: i'm going to interject here i think the favorite is going to be the one colonel bowman and um you know he he was two to five and then even money and no four to five in his last race. And he won by five lengths and three lengths. So I, I actually think that he will get bet. And I, I think people are going to ride the David Jacobson, IRAD train. And, and, and I think that'll make Vittorio's price acceptable.
2: I, uh, I think he will get bet. He won't be the favorite Vittorio just, Been running against Chargett and Last Samurai, and he was four to five in an allowance race at Keeneland. Colonel Bowman was in with cheapo horses. You know, this is a big step up in class. Of course, he was four to five in that field. Um, But, I mean, uh, Victoria would have been one to nine in that field. So I I don't see how Colonel Bowman is the favorite. But I agree with you. He's going to take money. He's going to be a strong second choice. That's why I went with Happy Farm as the, um, you know, he's the one that could float up or maybe majority partner who's potentially could get loose on the lead. It's hard to rely on him, but you know, if he gets loose on the late lead, he could get brave. And I have a feeling five to two is he's not going to be that short. You know, he's going to be the third choice well above the other two. Um, but, you know, at least we'll get to see the prices on this race before the pick five starts.
0: Right. Chris, how do you, and Scott, how do you guys think about what if Saffa's Day scratches, right? The other half of the entry. Does that put Colonel Bowman into play for you, considering, you know, he's not going to be bad as hard? There's more, there'd be quote unquote more value there. Does that change anything for you if he's not part of an entry?
2: It probably would help the price, but I'm just not sure how much. I think it's kind of clear Colonel Bowman's the better of the two. So, I, I'm well, not sure how much it you know his price. Well, is he better than Vittorio, right? Like that's to me how
0: I was trying to think about. Oh, uh, you, yeah. You know, for uh, me, it's
2: like, yeah. Yeah,
0: I, I know. I know. It's a hard, It's there's a lot more in here than, than originally met the eye, I thought. Um, and, you know, a majority partner, he, he figures to make the lead, I guess, uh, there's a lot of forward horses in here, but I I don't know how fast they are. I mean, if I was, if I was um, Castellano, like I'd be right on the pace with this, this Vittorio. he's fast enough to, to be very well spotted in the field and he's got the best time for him. Like kick and he should have it turn him back. Anyway, I I didn't, Colonel Bowman to me is the wild card in this race on how, how to think
1: about the rage. Well, I, you know, the the question I have, and this has to do with the odds and that is, you know, the, they're, these computer players, these computer teams, they're using speed figures and they're not using buyers. I mean, if they, they may be using buyers as part of their algorithm, but they've got to also be using like sheet figures and, Colonel Bowman's figures his last couple of races have been faster than Vittorio's. And that's why I think he's going to be the favorite. I think that the the machines are going to say he's a faster horse and, um, they're going to play him that way. So <clears throat> whether the, the, the other part of the entry scratches or not. Um, but I do have that question. Do you guys believe, you know, do you agree with me that, um, or do you think that that's a, <clears throat> a sound theory that, that, when you when you get these big figures like like for example there was a horse the, the Dan Blacker Sprinter last week at, uh, the, during the Preakness Pick Five you know he ended up I think being the favorite and he he had clearly the faster sheet figures um, and he won you know he won going away and I yeah you know, I, I think that it was probably because of the figures that that, that he was bet by the machines um, i don't know what are your thoughts on that
2: uh, i mean on on buyers and on time form tutorial is a lot faster than than uh colonel Bowman so i mean unless you think all the computers will go off of what i guess thoroughgras what you're looking at
1: well I, I, well i, I think that it. they're i think they're i think they're using you know at least those numbers you know i'm not saying that they only go off those numbers i'm just
2: yeah, but I don't think any numbers other than that are saying that Colonel Bowman's as fast as Vittorio. That's what I'm saying. Timeform U S has Vittorio much faster. Same with buyer. I mean, buyer has 195 right. and 94 and Timeform has.
1: I, I understand, but I, but I have noticed, and you know, I'm there, I'm sure there's plenty of speed figures that we don't see that aren't for sale. And um, you know, I, I would imagine that their their numbers have Colonel ker- Bowman faster as well. So this is just something that uh, this is something I've noticed that morning line and buyers will indicate that uh, one horse will be bet more than another, and and then it'll end out being uh, it'll be bet bet the other horse will be bet strongly because I you know the other horse that that ends up being the favorite is the one that has the faster sheet fix. This is just something that I've noticed anecdotally.
2: I, I well, have no doubt that.
0: So that, was, that. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't say that I've noticed it because I, I don't really look, I don't spend that much time on regular, you know, kind of day to days. But, but the of you know, Colonel Bauman ran a one last time and a two the time before that, and a three before that. And even if you go back to Santa Anita, his last Santa Anita race in November was a five. He didn't just get fast in the last three races. You know he he's comparatively fast to most of this field. Um, not faster, but he fits. He fits even without the last three, and now he's you know three two one his last three. So yeah, that's that's why I was asking how you thought about Colonel Bowman because on sheets he's the fastest horse, at least in recent form.
1: Yeah, I mean to me, I you know I still think he is going to be the favorite. We'll see if that plays out, and, yeah, um, we'll and see
0: how it plays out.
1: That's that's why I'm yeah. going to go against him. I, you know, if I thought he was actually going to be five to two, I might play him. Yeah, and I, you know, we'll my, find out.
2: Yeah, I would say the odds are going to be, Vitoria is going to be close to even money, Colonel Bowman be close to two to one, you know, four to one on majority partner, maybe five to one happy farm. That'd be my prediction, but you'll. You know, absent late changes, you'll have a good idea on this one even before the pick five starts. So, we'll see.
1: Happy happy Farm, by the way. I keep on seeing the 6 for 12 at Belmont number, and he's uh, 11 for 12 in the money at Belmont. He loves Belmont.
2: But he loved Jason's service, too. So, I mean, keep that in mind. Some of those numbers are based on sfp aided um performance <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay well
0: yeah well he won three he was three for three at belmont with jason service jason service got this he claimed him for 30 i'm just looking at it. And, the, and the horse wins the grade three fall highway loses by a length of mind control in the tom fool and um was beaten ahead by forense fire in another stake. that's how good he got uh, off a of twenty-five thousand claim. Anyway, not to be labor that
1: old. Yeah, he only got right. beat because it was another Jason service horse.
0: Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> seventh <laughs> race.
1: All right. Well, anyway, yeah. So we can move on. Let's go to the seventh race. It's the Soaring Softly, a Grade Three, seven furlongs on turf, purse of one hundred seventy-five thousand for three-year-old fillies. Chris, what are you thinking?
2: It's another kind of similar race, a small field, but pretty competitive. Uh, And it does seem like sort of like the last race with Vittorio love appeals. It's kind of be the default favorite, probably deserving favorite ran big last time, but uh, it's numbers don't lay over some of the others. Um, There's a couple in here. I'm interested in Um, one's kind of obvious, but. Uh, because love appeals in here and there's some other big connection horses you might actually get the four to one morning line price and that's three american apple who ran and pulled the big upset last year at aqueduct um not all of its turf sprints are good efforts even in the breeders cup juvenile fillies where it got beat by seven links you know, it was on a really hot pace. Not sure why the horse was up on that hot pace. That's really not its um, style. It actually got the lead at one point in that race. You know, against in the in the Breeders' Cup. So got tired late. Has come back. with a couple pretty good races at five and a half furlongs. I really think this horse might do better going a little longer. So I think the seven furlongs might be fine. And they go back to. Cancel, who's not my favorite rider, but the horse's glory race was with Cancel aboard. Um, and that race, he kind of took a real snug hold and stayed in the pocket and then kind of eased out and shot to the lead and held on. So I think that's the way he'll ride him in here or ride her in here. And if you get four to one, um, you know, she absolutely uh, fits in this race. It's another horse I like as well. But, uh, once again, I'll wait until it comes back around, and I uh, hear what you guys have to say about this one.
1: American Apple trying seven furlongs, inching up a little bit off those two five and a half furlongs races to start the year. Joe, what are you thinking?
0: Same. Yeah, I like American Apple in here. Um I was thinking of possibly singling when I, when I first looked at the race, just like you said, Chris, it's um, you know, it's a competitive field and you got two Chad Browns and two Clements and usually, you know, it's hard to just, they usually just pass these kind of races because of that, you know, and I, I think because of the, you know, I, I don't even know this trainer, um, you know, at least historically, I, um, you know, I think you're going to get them. I, I was surprised he made them four to one on the morning line myself. um, And I so I think you're going to get that and maybe a little more, even he's run against, she's run against very good horses and that breeders Cup juvenile turf sprint was against open company, you know, boys too. And she finished in front of love reigns in there. Who's came back to win the next race. Um, You know, so that was a good effort there. And uh, I think more ground might be what she needs. I usually don't like five and a half closers stretching out that much, but, but she's run good enough at six and a half at Kentucky Downs and, um, and you know, obviously won the grade three matron. And the reason I like her is because she won a grade three. All these other horses are winning maiden. They're maiden horses, all of which come from big barns and, you know, can win, obviously. But, um, yeah, I think she's the class of the field. She's got figures. And, and I think you're going to get a little bit of a price. There, to me, there's a lot to like about her.
1: I'm actually gonna go against American Apple, and I'm also gonna go against Love Appeals. American Apple does carry five pounds more than the others. And um, I think seven furlongs might, just might be a little bit out of her comfort zone. Um I'm actually I'm gonna use three horses in this race. The first one, the top pick, will be Quarrel, who won her first time routing on turf. Uh, as a two year old and, uh, should have developed since then. And I think, um, could pop a good number at 10 to one. That's 10 to one morning line. Um, but I'm also going to use queen Picasso who also won routing and, um, and lady Beth who won routing and off the turf on the synth race. I think that, um, I, I like these horses that have shown quality routing at seven furlongs, I I just, I I feel like the seven furlongs could be a differentiator. Um, and the, the one reason why I'm not keen on love appeals is that she lost her only race without Lasix and gets no Lasix here.
2: Well, we've managed to name just about every horse in the race. Um, (laughs) the, there's only six. (laughs) Yeah, I know. We've already got five of them. Uh, the uh, other horse I like besides American Apple, is Queen Picasso. Um, she came comes out of a really salty maiden race. It had it had like Chad Browns and Clements and Motts and Brendan Walsh. They all had horses. One of those Gulfstream Park maiden races where all the big stables were out. And um it you know, it won that race. I like the cut back and distance. It didn't like gallop out like a monster or anything. So I think cut back sort of makes sense. Um, You know, Clement, second time starter, and it's the other Clement because the the two horses, the one that's going to take all the money. And I do think it showed enough speed where it can be, you know, forwardly placed, you know, (laughs) for a turf sprint, this is not a packed packed, uh, with speed kind of field, although it is seven furlongs, which mitigates it a bit, but, you know, I do think the horses that are forwardly placed will be an advantage. That's another thing at American Apple has going for her, is, you know, she should be, you know, near or on or near the lead. And I think um, Queen Picasso might be also uh, up there, but this is one where it kind of depends on what the riders want to do. So I'm with Scott on that one, at least. Um, I'm not as high on the other two he likes. I think they're kind of, uh, at least Lady Beth, I think, is a big underlay. Um, She's kind of slow and the connections are gonna get bet. Quarrel, I'm a little bit more interested in. Um, and I think was that your top pick, Scott? Was it lady was a quarrel your top pick?
1: <clears throat> I did pick quarrel, but you know, I okay. only did because it was the highest price. Uh price. I would use yeah. the three equally lady beth, uh, you know, because I'm not sure how they're gonna bet it. So I mean, I could look at the doubles, but I'm I'm just not gonna get that granular in this pick five. it's gonna be more like an action pick five for me.
2: Yeah, the horse I'm most against in here is Lady Beth, um, because of the connections. She probably will be the, the the first alternative to the favorite, and to me, she's slow and and just. I mean, she could improve enough to win, but she's the slowest horse in the race, and she'll be the second choice just because of the connections. And so I, I'm kind of against that one. That's the one I definitely would toss. Um, Love Appeals. I'm more nervous about just because she. I think she's legit, much faster, but she's going to be overbet too. So an American Apple, for all the reasons that Joe and I have stated, I think, you know, she is just as likely a winner as anybody in the race, and she'll be probably the four to one. You'll probably get it. You know, I,
0: Love Appeals is. Is most likely to get a Joel Rosario trip out of this race, and you know, and that could be a brilliant ride, right? Especially because it's a Grade Three. So he tries in Grade Threes. It seems to me much harder than than non-graded races or non-stake races. Um, but that race she lost. Breath Away is also clement if I'm not mistaken. And I mean, uh, it, it, he just—it was a classic Rosario trip, burying the horse on the inside and you know, just never getting a chance to really, really run. Um, but six to five is idiotic. And I think that is what she's going to be uh, compared to, uh, you know, a field where really you could say a- any of them uh, could have a chance. I like Quarrel too, uh, Scott. I I mean, I, for some reason, I seem to always like Bobby Roboto horses. And I think this horse is going to move forward you know, maturity wise from two to three, I thought it was a pretty good race that she won. Um, I, I don't know all the connections from that race, but I do know Haystack is a Chad Brown uh, horse who ran third in that last race, but they tend to need a race, the the, the Roboto's. And so, um, you know, but, uh, and this is a tough spot for, for her to come back and make a three-year-old debut. Um, so anyway, there's that. Then, so now I got to think about the Chad Browns, you know, and, you know, I didn't like the six at all um, out of the, out of the Chad Brown horses. And this is the one Ar- 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 I rads on, you know, and it's like, okay, so I'm going to be confident in a six horse field, throwing out. Irad on the longest shot, possibly the longest shot in the race or second longest shot in the race. Um, you know, so I, I'm all, I, I'm either single with American Apple, or I think I'm just going to go all because, um, you know, that that's how I, um, and I think it's a single to American Apple. If I leave one out, it'd be Love Appeals, and I'd play the other five, thinking that there's no value. Maybe I create some value into the pick five sequence by by beating her out of it uh, with any of these others, and I think any of the others have a shot. So. They were my thoughts.
1: I th- I think if if Coral wins, we're gonna say "Domo Arigato," Mr. Ribado. <laughs> <Yep. laughs>
2: I'm 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 kind of with Joe though. To me, Quarrel's one you play next time. I I'll be surprised if it wins, but I think next time out, it it will run an improved race, probably stretch out, and that's when you play it. That's that's kind of why I think this is a prep.
1: By the way, it's not often that you get two Q horses out of six: Queen Print, Picasso, and Quarrel. That's true. Just, just something to note. <laughs> All right, let's move to the eighth race. It's a claiming well, race. We
0: that, don't, don't overlook the fact that Jose Ortiz picked to ride that horse over the other two. He rode the he rode the two Chad Brown horses last time. And and he ends up on Clement, which he doesn't really ride that often for Clement. So um, I thought that was kind of kind of interesting on Queen Picasso. Okay, I was.
1: It. Yeah, no, I, I I did actually notice that, and, and it, it, it you know it 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 tickled my fancy. Let's yeah. go to the eighth race. It is a claiming race, a mile on dirt, purse of fifty five thousand for four year olds and up. I think it's your turn, Joe.
0: All right. Well, I spent a lot of time on this race. These are the kind of races that are kind of bread and butter uh, races. These horses all run against each other all the time. I ended up on the three. You know, I got to hold my nose with the connections on this one, but I'm just having a hard time finding the speed in this race uh, for sure. Um, speed, I'll say, and I know Al Kools is faster than the rest of these horses early, uh, just because I know the horse. He's four for seven at Belmont, and um, you know he ran in that G- uh, Colonel Bowman race last time, um, and didn't didn't uh, you know had an awkward break. He he basically lost any chance he had at the break because his game is forward, uh, and so I landed on Al Cools as my top pick.
1: Al Cools. Uh I, I was I was gonna make that my top pick, and then I got I got involved with the time form late pace numbers, and uh, and uh, got off him, but um, but but have him as a used. Chris, what are you thinking?
2: Well, yeah, Al Cools, if he could clear, it could be dangerous. Connections, like you said, are kind of tough to bet. <laughs> both the rider and the the trainer, but. You know, maybe this will be their time. If it, and if they're, they're going to win, it's going to be a race where they clear early. Um, but uh, yeah, that it's hard to to get to lean on that horse. But as a long shot, sure, I I can see it. I like it. Um, I don't like this race much at all. I kind of was debating between a couple horses, and I just decided. You know, these kind of races are most more about the trainers and the horses typically. And um, so I'm going to go with the the horse that's first off the claim for Walder. He's 31% in dirt routes first off the claim, two for six doing it in New York. Um, So I'm just going to go with that angle. The horse has tactical speed in a race without a lot of speed. I think from the rail, you would think with the bug rider getting the weight off, they're going to make sure it's forwardly placed. Like Joe said, there's not a lot of speed. The horses run, you know, races that are fast enough to win in here. So I'm just going to go with the, the trainer angle. Um, don't really like this race much. Could make a case for others, but I'm going to go with the one, my friend's beer.
1: I, not only do I not like this race, I despise this race, <laughs> but it is part of the pick five. <laughs> so, and we are doing a podcast on it. So I ended out landing on Rocco Strong. Um, I wanted a fresh face here. He comes out in off a layoff and did some good running as a four-year-old. The trainer can get them ready off a layoff. He's two for 11 with a 347 ROI off a 180-day layoff or more with older horses on dirt. And um, the reason that ROI is so big is uh, he hit with a 14 to 1, and that was a while ago. but. Um, I, I, I can just, I can see, I, I don't know. I, <clears throat> I mean, I'm, I'm going to go a couple deep, but, um, but Rocco strong just, I, I was looking for a fresh face and, it uh, looks like he still has some upside debuting as a five-year-old. Um, the other horse that I'm interested in is not a price, but dust devil does have back numbers, comes in off a very nice workout. I think he's kind of a must use in a pretty wide open race.
2: Joe, jump back in if you have anything. Yeah, so
0: um, I I also like my friend's beer, uh, Chris. On the uh, you know when you look at everybody's form in this race, and I'm talking about recent form. You know, he, he's by far in the best recent form, uh, coming off back-to-back wins. The you know pit boss comes off a win last time out, but I mean I remember that race pretty well, and I you know know there was nobody to go and so he did. And it was a nice ride by Cancel to to do it. And and so so like I, I don't see him repeating anywhere close to that effort. You know, the horse I was trying to make a case for was Blake B. You know, that that's improved speed last time. I I look back at, you know, all the races on that day and the times were pretty fast pace. You know, for him to run twenty-two and three and then forty-five flat for half. And then 110 for the six furlong call and to be right there dueling the entire way um, is unbelievable for Blake B. Like, it's way better than he runs. Um, so it's not surprising that he tired and the two horses that ran one, two, both closed. The three speeds all quit um, out of that race. But, uh, you know, I, I I think I'd probably throw him in underneath, especially if I single that last race, you know, on the ticket where I single there. I. I'm thinking I'm going to use the one, three, and five. And then the other horse is the six, Glory Road, who's the favorite. Um, not sure I want to get beat by this horse. You know, this is a horse where usually I just draw a line through him, right? Because it's like, a oh, dropping in class, you know, worse effort last time. You know, But but I start thinking about it as if I was the owner of this horse. You know, you claim for 40, you get two wins out of the horse, you know, so you pick up 60,000 in purses between those two. You get a third place finish in the middle, you know, so you get a couple pennies out of that. And then you step them up to 40 and he's not able to compete against 40K claimers. So why not drop them back to where you can pick up another win and maybe he gets cleaned and who cares? You made a nice score on this horse. So I don't think this is a garage sale drop for glory road. And, and so clearly the horse fits on numbers. And so I, I'd have to include this horse uh, on a ticket, uh, you know, on my ticket. So anyway, my top pick is the three, I I would say three, one and six, three, one, five, and
2: six is who I'll use in here. Yeah. I, if, if six is the favorite, I'm not interested. Um, If the morning line's right. I mean, it could win but I don't see it as any more likely than any of the other ones we've talked about. And so if it's going to be the lowest price, I'm not really interested if it floats above the morning line and someone else gets bet, you know, like they bet down. Like uh, it's a day new horse with my friend's beer and he's bet down to two to five and he wins by 10, you know, I'll probably, then maybe you'll get a price on somebody else, but I I don't like glory road off that price. And the other one, I'd be the one that Scott mentioned dust double. The reason the negative on that one is, you know, it's probably going to be near the back of the pack in a race without a lot of pace. So, and it's not like a horse that has a huge closing kick. It's kind of a grinder type. So I'm afraid it might be a little too far back. It probably more like an under it'll run second or third than win. but um, you know, this is just not a a great race, uh, especially in the middle of a pick five.
1: Yeah, yeah. We we can't get excited about this one. Let's then move to the ninth race. It's an allowance race, a mile and three eighths on the inner turf, purse of ninety-five thousand for three-year-olds and up. Chris, your turn to get started.
2: Yeah, kind of keeping with the theme of small but uh a lot of different ways you could go race. Uh this is the first one where there's a horse I kind of really like. And that is not as makers got the favor in here, but I like the other maker, the six horse fighter in the wind. This is a classic maker kind of horse, I think because, you know, his MO is to get these horses, stretch them out to longer distances. And they just, they just run really well and they continue to run well for a while. And especially four or five, six, you know, even older horses. And this one, is perfect for him because it's comes from Europe. It sort of is, you know, bred to run long or, and it's where it started its career going long. And it was in the Chad Brown stable and did all right in the U S. Uh, but it joined the maker barn. Uh, they gave it time off. Had uh, a one start, probably at a distance that was too short. Um, and, you know, it was, It didn't run terrible, but uh, it showed some. It typically shows speed, and it did in that race. Kind of got caught up in a hot pace, got tired late on a good track. In fact, lost to the other maker in that one. Might even, um, but now he's got that race under his belt. Second start for Maker, second off the layoff. Looks like it can get the lead and clear and I'm guessing that will be the strategy. At least, at least that's what I'm hoping. So um, to me, that horse could be really tough to run down late if it gets loose on the lead, you know, back at this mile and three-eighth distance on the turf for Mike Maker. So I'm going to go with the six-horse Fighter in the Wind.
1: Fighter in the Wind projects to be at on the lead, according to the Time form U.S. pace projector. Joe, what are you thinking?
0: Well, you would think Chris and I talked beforehand because that's exactly who I have as well in here. You know, I these mile and three eighths mile and a half uh, turf races; these are like made for Mike Maker. Whatever he does, it works going long on turf. And so, to me, this is this is a very easy use the two makers and move on and. Especially when, especially when no one's any good in the race, like it's not like there's anybody proven in this race, uh, particularly at the distance, um, you know. And so, so that's how I see it. I like the six better than the four fighter in the win, and so he's my top pick. You know that race he ran against Daunt uh, back in October. That's a really that's a really good race. Daunt's a horse I I latched onto off a trip back at Saratoga and, um, you know, he just never turned out. He's another Bobby Roboto horse. It's it just a horse that never was able to get over the top for me, uh, at a big price uh, when I, when I was looking for him. But I remember this race and, um, this was a huge effort out of this horse. And if he runs anything close to that race, he's going to win this thing. I think pretty easily. And so he's my top pick.
1: And that makes it a triple-barreled pod play because I am also on Fighter in the Wind. Uh, let's see. Let's see if I have anything to say that you guys did not. Um, well, he, one about one thing about this horse—he's always been a marathoner. In Europe, he was going a mile and a quarter. Uh, he comes in second off a of layoff. He had a nice best. I mean, it was actually—I think it was—might have been his first five furlong workout since he came to the U S but it was 59 and change going into his last race. And that combined with the conditioning could put him in a position to win this. Uh, one thing that I've noticed with the maker horses, which I've, I've, I've stated here before is when they start working out faster than they've ever worked before, that that's when they start getting good. And sometimes it takes a race or two for them to actually manifest, uh, what it, uh, in the afternoon, what they're showing in the morning, so uh, I I don't know if I would single fighter in the wind and I'm not sure who else I would use. I look forward to the round table here, but um, he is my top pick.
2: Well, we haven't had a triple barrel pick. In a while, so um, maybe that's a good <laughs> sign. Uh, let's hope. Uh, yeah, the, you know, the, the wild card in here is the seven horse. Mo Z, who has been off for like two years, uh, but showed some talent as a two-year-old. And it's going for changes, Barnes to Clement. And he, you know, could be any kind. I, you know, you would think he's not going to fire the best shot right off the bench, going a mile and three-eighths, but you never know. Um, so that that's kind of the wild card, the one that scares me a little bit, the unknown. But like Joe said, the rest of them, you know, there's just not really much to beat in here. Um, uh, so to me, the way I'm probably going to play it would be if I'm in the pick five and, or even verticals and stuff, I'm going to play a fighter in the win, and then maybe a backup with Mo Z just in case, you know, that that horse might be. I'm surprised that David Aragona has that horse at seven to two. That seems kind of low. But then you look at the field and, you know, maybe maybe it makes sense um it's hard to tell how they're going to bet that horse but he's the one that scares me a little bit yeah i i think that's right um he's he's
0: kind of the wild card right because he's only run three times you, you don't know how good he could be um you know it's interesting that he brings him back and runs him a mile and three eighths off a two year lay, you know a year and a half layoff um so that's kind of interesting i i don't ever remember seeing clement do that though. I'm, Sure he doesn't, but well, I, I haven't, I haven't noted it. But
1: I'm I'm looking I'm looking at I I, I look I looked him up for uh, four year olds and up 180 days plus on turf. He's got a 197 ROI, 23% win, and he's got a few horses in there that ran off two year layoffs, including one at 19 to one, named uh, hmm. at Gulfstream. So. I mean, he, he can do it and, uh, I'll, I'll use this horse cause he's one for one on the turf.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I never think of uncle Mo being a, you know, a mile and three eighth kind of sire, but, um, you know, listen, I, Christophe Clement knows way more about horses than I do. And, um, you know, if he's going to run the horse a mile and two, I mean, I like the set. I'd take the seven over the four. The only reason I would use the four at all is because I wouldn't want to lose to maker in a race. If, especially, like I'm thinking, I might have a ticket where I, where I single both American Apple and Alcools, and then I'm not losing to either maker in here. And I would go four six seven. But um, other than that, I would go six seven in here. That's how I saw it.
1: Okay, we'll go to the last race. It's a maiden, seven furlongs on the turf, purse of uh, $75,000 for three-year-olds and up New York breads. Joe, where are you at here?
0: Yeah, I mean, this is a very hard. This is a very tough race, I think. You know, Moon Cry is a very formidable favorite in this race. Um, that race that was off the turf, a horse-wired, the field in there, that's a good effort too back on the turf against stolen future who came back to run a really good race the other day and got beaten the last jump. But uh, my top pick is going to be the seven autumn who clipped heels Looked like he was running pretty well in that race. And then he clips heels and, and sent Jose Lascano the sidelines for, for a while. Um, and now he's back and he's riding back on this horse. And, uh, you know, not that that's really weighing into my decision, but this horse was four to one on debut in that race with Stolen Future and Moon Cry. And so um, I'm going to make the seven, Autumn, my top pick in here.
1: Okay, Autumn, um, a horse that has not finished the race, but is a fine season. Chris, what are you thinking?
2: <laughs> <laughs> you should leave that one alone. <laughs> <laughs> um (laughs) you started it um i i kind of agree with everything joe said i'm a little worried that autumn is going to be a wise guy horse um i don't have any idea how it was going to end up running it did seem like it had some run and it did get some some money bet but i just think that um it's gonna get over bet. I wanted to go back and watch the replay, but because the horse went down, they take the replays down, which drives me nuts. But um, I did see that race. I remember it. Um, I just have a feeling that that horse may get bet well, well down below that eight to one. But if it's eight to one, I, I, I can absolutely see um, what Joe sees there. But I studied this for a long time, and I, I it took me a while, but I finally saw the light, and it was photon. he started scott so i had to pile on (laughs) um but i actually do like photon quite a bit um he he's got had some good races last year uh he had a, a race on a sloppy track he didn't run well that that ended his year and then they brought him back and he caught another sloppy track both those races they tried blinkers on uh, his last one, you know, even though he didn't run well, final time, he did show some run. He was up near the front, so it wasn't like he didn't run at all. Um, but, you know, those two sloppy track races don't concern me, and that's that's a good conditioner. And um, they take the blinkers off now, and they put him back on the turf. Uh, I would expect, you know, seven furlongs may be perfect distance for this horse. And, um, and they go to Flavian Pratt. Uh, A lot to like there. second off the layoff. Um, You know, if you can get the six to one, um, if they do bet loon cry, and he does seem pretty obvious, this is a big field. So you kind of think initially, maybe it's a spread race in the pick five, especially with the smaller fields and the (laughs) other legs, but you know, loon cry kind of jumps out as, as kind of an obvious favorite. So if it does get played that way, you might get six to one on photon. And six to one on him in the um, big five. So you know, for me, this one's pretty easy. Yeah, you know, he's kind of stands out. There is another horse I like, but I will hold off until we hear what Scott has to say.
1: Okay, well, I was, I was all set to only pick Loon Cry because I, I couldn't make a case for any of them. But then <clears throat> I was looking up some stats. Uh, while you were talking, and I decided that I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm also gonna use Sail with the Wind, who is a first time starter for Leah Jamardi and um, I, I I I don't know why I don't know why, but it was something about drew me to this horse, and it wasn't any workouts or anything, so I just looked up first time starter with trainer, and I mean first time starter with owner and with jock. With the jockey, uh, she's one for three with uh, Castellano, and that was a 34-to-1 um, routing on the turf. And then with the owner, is she's 0-for-5, but has a second at 14-to-1. Uh, a second, yeah, yeah, a second at 14-to-1. Um, and Castellano also, she, she also has a second with the first time started with Castellano, I kind of like the breeding. I don't know. I just something something's drawing me to this horse, and so I'll probably use I'll I'll use both, and I'll I'll just make that my top pick because um uh, if Loon Cry wins at six to five, that's not going to be anything to shout about.
2: Joe, jump in. If you got anything? It's me.
0: Yeah. Um, like you guys said, I mean, I. I ended up coming down to you know what I I'd rather go with a, a, basically a first timer in here which to me autumn I also I will also use the two in here sail with the wind um, you know I saw a, a similar stats I mean even the ones at the bottom of the race inform form are are good enough to throw that horse in not knowing how good she is and Castellano's riding really well um, you know and then the, oh yeah yeah. Yeah, Irad's riding the twelve. First timer for Joe Sharp, and I'm like, why is Irad showing up for Joe Sharp in this race? Um, Not that he necessarily rides for for other guys, but um you know, like the, in other words, there's no Todd or Chad in here where where Irad would otherwise go. But still, I thought that was curious enough that um that I'd have to include him, and then. You know, I'm not going to lose the pick five to loon cry uh, again, especially if I'm right about my prices and the other legs. Um, so I would have to throw that one in there too. You could you could argue that you'd have to go very deep in this field, um, though, I think, if you wanted to make sure you had it covered because anybody could win this race. But for me, like I said, I, I'm looking for, I'm looking at the two firsters plus the seven uh, to go with the nines. Um, that's how I was thinking about in the end.
1: Yeah. I, I realized why I like to sail with the wind and that's because, um, Leah germardi hits with, she, she has a tremendous ROI with first time starters. Um, it, it only shows, you know, one out of three wins on the daily racing form underneath, you know, underneath the running line. But, um, if you, if I'm looking at Thorograph and they have like lifetime, and she hits a 28 percent with first timers between four to one and ten to one she hits an only five percent with 1st uh that are 10 to one or higher but she has a 275 roi so so she's just uh she's a value machine at uh with yeah, first time probably five is
0: probably value because she's probably going off over 20 to one in most of those races
1: yeah and she's over you know, so 10 5% and two yeah she's she's over 10 in 2023 she's hungry (laughs) (laughs) she's due
2: (laughs) she's due um there was one other horse i like um in here but it has to draw in off the also eligible but the 14 horse big hazel uh, on debut ran a really nice race um on the dirt uh and then they but this horse really is bred for the turf by big brown out of a bluegrass cat mare so um uh its second start they ran it on the turf but it got hooked up in a kind of a crazy fast pace going a mile got tired late understandably but now they come back sprinting on the turf after you know that good conditioning mile race uh this horse could run a really big race based on its debut effort on the dirt. And, um, you know, it's certainly got enough speed to be in contention early. And it's 30 to one in the morning line. And it'll get that boost of being getting in off the AEs if it does. It'll take two scratches, but there are 12 horses. And a lot of times in some of these maiden races, they're kind of in there hoping it comes off. Um, which it's not going to tomorrow so I'm kind of crossing my fingers there'll be a couple scratches there's some trainers in New York that you know make scratching an art form and a couple of them have multiple horses in here so um, I'm just kind of hoping maybe Big Hazel draws in if it if that one draws in I like that horse quite a bit and it'll be a giant price well and they only need one other one if Donk wants to
0: scratch the 11 to get to get that one in
2: uh-huh. you know Good and that point. horse
0: is only eight to one in that race too uh in that turf race so yeah i i noticed that too i if that horse gets in it's worth giving a given consideration for sure
2: well and if it doesn't a... watch for the next when it where it does get in sorry mm-hmm.
1: scott so uh, originally i was going to pick uh the dog horse snowy evening and one of the reasons um, it matched its two-year-old top on turf in his last race. Um, and Johnny V is riding, and he is the son-in-law of trainer David Donk. And they, they don't have a great ROI, but um, they do connect every once in a while. And um, the only thing that drew me away was that I, I didn't see much turf breeding in there by frosted out of a uh, sharp humor mare and i didn't see any siblings that really did anything on turf in fact um no no the dam and none and the siblings of uh, five siblings none of them have even run on the turf so i think turf breeding comes into play once you get up to seven furlongs like you can get away with not having turf breeding at six furlongs or less but um so you know so, so that's why I got off the horse. But if you're looking for a price, Snow Evening, you know, ten to one. If the breeding is not that great, but it's it's uh, you know, I, I'd ha- I'd hate to be get beat at ten to one. So it's it's, it's a horse I'm I'm still uh, still slightly considering. And the owner, one of the owners, is Stephen Christ, former CEO of the Daily Racing Forum.
2: Yeah, to me the horse is clearly plus turf. I mean, you got to let go of the breeding at some point, Scott. And this this horse's dirt races were terrible, and its turf races were good. So, I uh, if that's keeping you from playing the horse, that's a bad reason. Um, I think it's definitely one that you know has a shot at a price, and I wouldn't use breeding as a reason to downgrade its chances.
0: Yeah, I mean, and that pace was very fast. I remember that race because it was in the, in the horse Tony's two day contest. Um, and, and he was one of the prices, obviously um, 30 to one that um, I considered using and of course didn't, but. Um, you would have um, made 22 pace, bucks. I would have got 22 bucks. Yeah. But that, that speed, that race was very fast and contentious, the pace. And he just kind of, you know, came out of, out of nowhere it seemed to to get up for second uh, in there and beat a couple in here that were out of that race. But but he didn't do the running in the race. The ten, the, you know, several of the horses, other horses did more running in the race. Um, but you know, he's not without a shot. And Donk is a good Donk is a good trainer. And it is interesting they go to Johnny V um, here. Um, so yeah, it's interesting. Right, I don't I'm, I'm Donk, using it. I don't think he's donks. I don't think he's Donc's son-in-law. Though he's Leo O'Brien, unless he got divorced. But Leo O'Brien is is his father was his father-in-law. <laughs>
1: oh, damn! That that's why their ROI is not that great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're right. It, it is Leo O'Brien. I think you're right. Yeah. Somehow, somehow, <laughs> somehow, I displaced Leo O'Brien with David Donk. <laughs> <laughs> <Well>, me <maybe. laughs> okay well, well. good
0: turf trainers in there, but, well donk's a good turf Donks has got some good stock he his stock has improved a lot over the last few years he's got some nice horses
2: big hazel big hazel
1: <laughs> big hazel giant Hazel. yes okay yeah. well um the- it's time to ask the question. Do you guys have any spot plays uh, on the card or uh, elsewhere? Joe,
2: anything
0: else? Uh, you know, I wasn't. A, what you had mentioned possibly talking about the cross country, so I did take a look at that. Since you know, we have two of the races in it. Um, you know, and i I thought the uh, I thought the uh, 10th race at Churchill, uh, was kind of interesting. I, I thought sparkle blue looked pretty interesting at Churchill, um, in that race. Um, I think they only listed seven to two, but I, I thought it, um, he's sitting on a, he's sitting on a race off the, off a layoff and then, uh, he had one and, um, I think he, he could be a good horse. So I, I may try to play, play one of them pick fives. Um, with fighter and sparkle blue and, and try to come up with something, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, in, in that cross country pick five. So he was the one I I came up with that I would lean on more out of that pick five. I thought the ninth race at Churchill looked like you could go a lot of ways. So, um, that would be more of a spread and the same with the 11th at Churchill were all, was also a spread race. So, Anyway, the 10th of Churchill, to me, I know it sounds like I'm all over the place, but the 10th, the mile and a half Kirtana, um, I liked sparkle blue in there. And, uh, you know, pairing him with the Maker horse in the Belmont nine,
2: uh, uh, you you know, I had some interest in doing that. Yeah, in that race, um, there are two horses I like. Um, The nine horse Talbeya, I think, is one that's been you know, definitely wants go longer and gets a chance in here. Um, it's better races were going long. It had run some pretty good Euro form. Always love the Euro horses when they go start going a mile and a half. So Talbea 12 to one morning line, interested in that one. And by Burnham don't like the post so much. Um, it needs a good ride, but that's another horse that I think will, will do well at this distance. And, um, has a good workout, recent workout, just a post is a problem, but it's another one's 12 to one. So to me, both of those horses are as likely to win as any, including sparkle blue, and there'll be, you know, much bigger prices. So those two have me pretty interested in that race. Although I do agree sparkle blue is, you know, one I'm concerned about, um, in there.
1: Wait, who is the second one besides Talbea? Sorry.
2: The twelve horse viburnum. Oh yeah. Viburnum. Twelve. Love that by love that
1: tree. Love the <laughs> Love the Viburnum tree. Big fan.
2: Well, hope, hopefully Viburnum will burn them.
1: <laughs> okay, well uh that uh <clears throat> was a challenging pick five, but I think we uh we Dissected it pretty well. I would like to thank our guest, Joe Curry. Joe, thanks for spending some time with us.
0: Appreciate you guys having me on. All the best uh, to everyone.
1: That will conclude show number 227 of the Sport of Kings pod. Good luck at Belmont and wherever else you play. Please enjoy the Brooklyn Boogaloo blowout.
2: I'll see you on Sport of Kings.
1: Get up.